Well, if you turn your Bibles once again to Revelation chapter 2, we're going to read the second letter given to the seven churches we find in the book of Revelation. Real churches. Around 2,000 years ago, over in current day uh, Turkey, and yet as timely and as relevant as the morning paper, and more truthful as well. <laughs> but uh, we've come to the church of Smyrna. And you're going to see that the church of Smyrna was going through extreme difficulty, but quite frankly, if you were to join any of these seven churches, this would be the one to join. There's no complaints given to this church. Last week, we looked at the church of Ephesus that had a lot going on for it. They, uh, they as we said, their head was right, their, their theology, and their hands were right, meaning they were working, a working church, but their heart was wrong. It was the church that said, You're, you've lost your first love. The very word Smyrna means myrrh, and myrrh was crushed for making perfume, but also it was used for embalming. It's interesting, the Apostle Paul said that we Christians um, are to God a sweet-smelling savor, but to those that are non-believers, we are the stench of death, <laughs> um, according to uh, just who, who uh, is looking at us. Well, what I'd like for you to do once again would be to stand in honor of God's Word, and I'm going to read chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, and then we'll study this passage together. Revelation 2, 8 through 11. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life, I know your tribulation your poverty, but you're rich. And the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, they're a synagogue of Satan, don't fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word, now the proclamation of it. Thank you. Please be seated. Last week, we, we looked at the fact that God had a bride called Israel, and things didn't always go real well. Jesus has the bride, his church, and last week it wasn't going real well. He said, uh, you've lost your first love. We want a relationship as well in our marriages and in our friendships that, that are loving relationships, not just doing duty, not be just thinking the right thoughts. Uh, there's got to put some, it's got to be some heart in it. But we also want faithfulness. You know, one day, I'm going to have a headstone. And if it ends well, I've left instructions to my wife that I want written on my headstone the motto of the Marine Corps, 
when I was in the Marine Corps, Semper Fidelis. Somebody said it, they knew. What does it mean? Always faithful, always faithful. The problem is you don't put that on your own headstone because you're not done yet. <laughs> to be always faithful, it's got to be the, the overarching theme of your life. You know, I love the fact with all of his flaws, when King David, uh, after, after his death, God says, he was a man after my own heart. What a gracious statement. He had his flaws, but overall, David was faithful to God. Wouldn't that it be wonderful if that was our story as well? Well, I shared with you that of all seven churches, this would be one of the two that you might want to join. We're going to see this church and the church of Philadelphia. We're going to see churches, one church gets straight F's. You don't want to join that church. And some C's, but this church got an A+. They were a faithful church. But then again, would you really want to join a church that's going through such difficulty? As we read the passage, who's it to? And to the angel of the church in Smyrna. Now, Smyrna was a very prosperous city. It, it was called the Jewel of Asia. It was called First in Asia in its loyalty to Rome. It was under Roman rule. They were the first to build, actually, a temple in honor of Rome and of the emperor. And they were the ones who said, listen, in this city, once a year, you have to burn incense to Caesar and declare, Caesar is Lord. You had to do so to be able to go to work, to buy and sell. You see, in that day, they had guilds. If you were a carpenter, you, you had a particular god or goddess of woodworking. If you were a soldier, then you had a particular god or goddess of war. If you, if you were a baker, there was a, a, a god or goddess to bakery, to bread, well, what if you won't do that at work? Now you're in trouble. You can't buy or sell. You can't go to work. You're excluded. And in a very, very prosperous city, you're poverty-stricken because of your allegiance to Jesus Christ. You see, you could have your other gods, but you had to declare only Caesar is king. What if you believe Jesus was king? And that really plays in here. You know, we say a lot of times, we want to go back and be like the early church. Well, the early church was marked by poverty, persecution, and prison. Today, we're kind of told that the, the church should be prosperous, and it's marked by prosperity gospel and by personality, popularity. Well, maybe we're not quite the church that we ought to be. The church in Smyrna, a very, very difficult place to be a Christian. Therefore, would you want to join that church? Would you want to move to Smyrna? I've been in the underground catacombs in Smyrna, which is where the church is met, like rats in a sewer, to hide out because they would declare that 
Jesus is Lord. Christ is Lord, not Caesar. The words of the first and the last. That's the way of saying, I'm the creator. I'm the one who got this started. I'm the one that will close it up. If you're in the military, I'm the point man and I'm the rear guard. You're safe in between. Jesus is saying, nobody's come before me. Nobody's going to come after me. And out of that, I died and I came back to life. Now, that doesn't mean I died of old age. We know Jesus died at 33, but Jesus is saying I died. and He died a horrible death. Jesus does not promise you an easy life. And I think um, sometimes even because we desire people to come to Christ, we, we say, you know, God loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except Jesus. And then that person's going to be sorely disappointed because God does have a wonderful plan for your life, but it's probably not the plan you have for your life. <laughs> Do we really want this Jesus who died a horrible death for a wonderful purpose and he came back to life again he conquered the grave we're going to need to have a faith that conquers the grave and the way to do that is basically you die before you die Uh, Ken read those passages about we're dead and uh, we're walking dead people Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. Uh, Paul said, I die daily to myself. So a believer is a person who died before they died and even advertised that through the waters of baptism. My death, my burial, and my resurrection. And now I'm going to walk in newness of life because I too am back from the dead in Christ. And then Jesus says this. I know your tribulation. This word know is a word that means I know by experience. I saw a gentleman this weekend. His name's Tom Stump. I said, Tom, I remember, I was his pastor years ago. I said, remember, years ago, I went down to the hospital at night to see you because you were in the hospital passing kidney stones. I said, I'd never seen or experienced such a thing. And I said, I, I want to tell you this. I saw you writhing there in such utter pain until they gave me morphine. I said, I walked out in that parking lot at night, and I looked up at the sky, and I said, oh, God, please, never, never let me do that. And by God's grace, I've never experienced okay, somebody's had a kidney stone. It would be foolish for me for somebody to say, man, I passed a kidney stone. I go... Oh, man, I know what you went through. I watched Tom Stump pass a kidney stone once. They said, no, you don't know what passing a kidney stone is. But if I had, then I could say, oh, man, isn't that horrible? I've experienced that too. I know that pain. That's the word that Jesus is using. Jesus is saying the God of heaven crawled in a human body, died a horrible death, and went through tribulation. I know what you're going through. You know, isn't it wonderful, it says in Hebrews, that we have, we have a, a Savior who can be touched by the feelings of our infirmity because he too 
has suffered. We can never say to God, you don't know what's going on down here. Oh, yes, I do. I know your tribulation. It's the word used for making wine. How do you make wine? You crush the grapes. It's the way they make olive oil. They crush the olives and the oil comes out. Jesus says, I know you're crushing. I know that you're under such pressure that it's like your blood's pouring out. Literally was. Do you know that about Jesus? Nobody knows the trouble that I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. Aren't you glad he does? You know, once in a blue moon, I have like this moment of inspiration. I was thinking, if we had never heard the gospel, never read the Bible, just knew nature, we would have never dreamed that the God of this universe crawled down in a human body and went through, it says he poured out his life to death. He poured it out every day. And we killed God, (laughs) but he resurrected because he loves us. We would have never, ever imagined that. And other religions don't have suffering gods. And even to the Jews, uh, they can't comprehend that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob would allow himself to be crushed. They misinterpret Isaiah 53. I'm just saying that aren't you glad that Jesus says, you know, I know what you go through because I watch you. (laughs) Like somebody watching somebody pass a kidney stone. No, Jesus says, I know by experience your tribulation and your poverty. And this word poverty here, there's different words for poverty. This one is I know that you are bankrupt, that you're poverty-stricken in a wealthy city. Jesus knew that too. Huh, born in a barn, uh, in a manger, placed in a manger, kicked out of town. His parents didn't give a lamb uh, when they went down to the temple. They gave two doves because they were poor. That was allowed for the poor people. Jesus said, though I were rich for your sake, I became poor so that you would be rich by me becoming poor. We'll talk in a moment. Well, what kind of riches are those? But Jesus says, I know what it's like to be poor in my earthly journey. But then it says this, I know your poverty financially, but you're rich. (laughs) Well, if that's true, we must have a misunderstanding of what true riches are, correct? Whenever I think of this, I think of the fact that uh, I was a youth pastor in Akron, Ohio, and there was a gentleman there who owned all these huge warehouses for tires. It's uh, a rubber center. And um, he was multi-multi-millionaire, And uh, there was a gentleman sitting beside me when this guy was speaking who owned one little kid candy store called uh, Honottle's Candy. It was Bill Honottle. And he was going through some really rough times in his business. And um, this guy was up there, and he was talking about how uh, riches won't satisfy you, and money's not important. He's kind of poo-pooing money. This guy had millions 
I'll never forget, the guy sitting beside me who was struggling with his little candy shop, he looked at me and he said, you know, I've been with and I've been without. With is better. (laughs) So with is better, but what if you have to give up Christ for it? But what do you have in Christ that that are true riches? And what is it we're trying to buy with riches? Huh. Um, The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, um, faithfulness, and self-control. And against all these, there's, there's no law. What would a person pay to have peace? What, a, what would a person pay to have joy? What would a person pay to be a part of a group of people who had Christ in common and true, true fellowship? It says in Philippians, if, if there's any encouragement, any comfort in Christ Jesus, make my joy complete by being united with one another. Um, a lot of you know that uh, 2013... I crawled into the woods in Georgia and crawled out six months later at the top of Maine. I hiked for a half a year and uh, hiked with other people that you met on the trail. Nobody knows your name. Everybody has a trail name. I never laughed harder. I never had more fun in utter misery than for that half year. In the Smokies, we all laid on top of each other because it got way, way cold, almost zero, and we were freezing. We just got on top of each other for body warmth. I never had a better time in my life, and I've never had a more miserable time in my life. (laughs) There's a book called Friendships Forged in War about the Vietnam War where this guy writes about the friendships that were forged in warfare where you go out and your life is dependent upon each other. You get so close to each other. You're going through misery together. And he says, has this line, And he's not speaking sexually, but he says, I've loved more men in war than women I've ever loved in peacetime. And what he meant was something about going through such a cause together bound our hearts together. And I'll tell you another thing. I've buried a whole lot of World War II veterans, 80s and 90s, whatever, and to the end of their life, the highlight of their life, always was World War II. Why? I was about a great cause, and I was doing it with great people. And we were one. Our lives were dependent upon each other. That's what it was like in this church. Therefore, as much as I'd hate everything, I'd think, yeah, I think I'd rather join that church than later on Laodicea that's called the rich church. They said, you're rich, but he said, he said, but you're really poor. Here's the poor, rich church. Later, we'll look at the rich, poor church. Which one do you want to be a part of? Mm, I guess this one, but I'm still kind of scared. <laughs> I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my stuff. You know, in the book of Hebrews, it says they, they gladly gave up the plundering of their property for the faith, knowing that they had a better place. And then this is interesting. I know the slander of those who say they're Jews, but are not. They're a synagogue of Satan. Now, that doesn't sound very politically correct, does it? (laughs) 
we need to go back and understand something here. The Jews under Rome had what was called the Jewish exception or exemption, and that's this. They learned right away, we'll have to kill every single Jew before any of them will ever uh, disown their God and call Caesar Lord. We'll have to kill every one of them. So we're gonna, it was an established religion. We're going to give them an exemption. They don't have to offer incense to Caesar because they won't. We just learned that. I have to slaughter every single one of them. So instead, we're going to give them the, an exemption as long as they never, ever claim any other god or goddess as being king. And they wouldn't. So they had it kind of easier under Rome at this time. Now, certain Jews became Christians. And they started saying in the synagogues, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is king. Don't say that. You're going to get us in trouble. So they excommunicated them. And now to take the light off themselves Certain Jews started lying about the Christians. They were saying, you know, they're cannibals. When they, it's our communion, they drink blood. They eat flesh. They're, they're incestuous. They call each other brothers and sisters. They, they marry their brothers and sisters. They're incestuous. They're cannibals. And it turned the light on these Christians. Jesus says, I know that they slander you, say lies about you. They claim that they're Jews, followers of God, but they're not. They're a synagogue of Satan. They're being used by Satan. It's interesting that religion, organized religion, and the government in that day both turned against the Christians. Nothing new under the sun, is there? Seldom do you get those two to work together, but they certainly did it to crucify Jesus. Satanic religion and satanic government got together, got along when they crucified Jesus. Synagogue, Satan is actually behind what's going on. And then it says, do not fear what you are about to suffer. <laughs> Don't be afraid. I'm certain you've heard that Supposedly 365 times, one time for every day of the year, the word, some form of don't be afraid is in Scripture. Whether that's true or not, I don't, I don't know. I didn't count. But apparently somebody did. But we do know that a repetitive theme is don't be afraid. And right here it is. Jesus is saying how bad it is. But he said, but don't be afraid what, they're going, uh, what you're about to suffer. Now, you'd think the next line would be because I'm going to keep you out of trouble. No, it's not what he says. Don't be afraid of what's about to happen. Let me ask you, are you afraid of what's about to happen? Are you afraid of the world and where it's going? Are you afraid that we Christians could be in for a bad chapter? <laughs> you know that song, I see the bad moon rising? <laughs> I fear trouble's on the way. Looks like we're in for some nasty weather. Looks like we're in for the judgment day. Don't go out tonight. It's bound to take your life. There's the bad moon 
on the rise. You know, uh, shared Scott earlier, a guy told me a joke yesterday about fear. I said, I don't know this congregation well enough, but I'm going to chance it. You might not have me back. This, uh, this captain of a ship, the uh, guys in the crow nest, yells down. He said, Captain, enemy ship approaching. He said, get me my red coat. Put his red coat on. They blew that ship away. They said, Captain, why did you want a red coat? And he says, because if I get wounded, I don't want the other men to see me bleeding and, and lose courage. He said, oh. The next day, the guy in the crow's nest says, Captain, 20 enemy ships approaching. Get me my brown pants. <laughs> well, I think if I were in this church, I'd say, get me my brown pants. Be faithful unto death. Or wait, the, look, look, I got ahead of it. Behold, look at this. Whenever you see the word behold, behold. It means stop, look, and listen. It's a big flashing stop sign. Stop, take this in. The devil, now already it's talked about Satan, and now it's talking about the devil. How often do we, when things horrible happen, Attribute it to the devil or Satan, the adversary, the slanderer. When you're slandered, it's like, I know that's a human being. I know that's an organization. But behind it is the evil one. We should be thinking that way. Um, The devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Now, wait a minute. I thought if I was faithful to you, Jesus, you'd be faithful to me and you'd Make it easy down here. No, look, this the devil's about to throw some of you into prison. I'm going to allow him to do so. He's on a chain, but it seems like a long chain at times. So that you will be tested. Hmm. Boy, it says in James, God doesn't tempt anybody, but it does start out and says, uh, count it all joy when you fall into all kinds of various trials because the testing of your faith will work patience, and patience will work maturity and you'll be perfect lacking nothing well, we want that perfection that maturity but we get it through te- testing and he says I'm going to allow Satan to have a longer leash because I'm going to use it to test you I'm going to test you for 10 days you're going to have tribulation now we don't know what exactly 10 days means there. If you look at different scholars, some say it means 10 days, 10 literal days. This church went through 10 extreme days of tribulation. Maybe so. But we also know that biblically, numbers have meaning. We've already said that the number seven means perfection, completeness. Scholars say that number 10 is, means a short period of an extremely intense time. And it completes it. Maybe so. Some say it means that there were ten Caesars, and it was going to be over a long period of time, but ten Caesars seems like a long time to us, short time to God, maybe so. But what it means is there's going to be an intense testing that goes on, and it will have an end, and you'll go through tribulation. You'll go through crushing. you go through squeezing. And then it's, it says this. Um, 
the reward. Be faithful, semper fidelis in Latin, stay true to me unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. You know, we need to read the small print in the contract with God. (laughs) He doesn't go in for comfort sometimes. Be faithful unto death, even if it costs you your life. And I'm going to give you the crown of life. The crown of life. It's interesting. The city of Smyrna um, hosted Olympic Games. And um, they would give a crown of a a wreath. And uh, that person, it was called the crown of life even in that city. They would knock a hole in the wall of the city with your name over it. And you could enter, that was your way to get in and out, but also you never paid taxes again. And you were a celebrity in the town if you won in the Olympics. Jesus said, listen, if you're faithful to me, even if it costs you your life, I'm going to give you the crown of life. That was the best thing they could ever think of. And it'll last forever. You'll be crowned with life. Some call it the, the martyr's crown. That's a, that's a reward, but then to go back and what's our response to be? He who has an ear, it always comes down, each one of these, to individually. And for us here today, what it's saying is this. It's really easy to say, okay, the church of America, the church of the world, the, the church of America, uh, my church, what about me? <laughs> Me right here. This is what I'm responsible for. If Craig has an ear, if I'm listening up, if I got my ears on good, buddy, as the old truckers used to say, you got your spiritual antenna up, do you? Then hear what the Spirit says to the churches. What is being said to Smyrna, what's it saying to me? That's what I'm responsible for. I shared... And I may share each week, everybody wants a revival. Well, there's a statement. God, send a revival and let it begin with me. (laughs) Let it begin with me. So do you have your ears on, good buddies? What's the Spirit saying to Oakland Drive Christian Church? What's the Spirit saying to me? And then a reward. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Second death, you ever hear this statement? If you're born once, you'll die twice. But if you're born twice, you only die once. Well, how can a man be born twice? Nicodemus asked that, didn't he? (laughs) Spiritually. If you're born again, we're born physically, and then if we're born again in our earthly journey, then we're only going to die one time. Physical death says you won't be hurt uh, by the second death. The first death hurts, doesn't it? I watched my dad crawl in bed with my mother, the bed of their lives, almost 70 years of marriage, and watch my mom die, and it hurt. But my mom would never be hurt by the second death, nor my dad who's gone now. He who conquers won't won't be touched by that second death. Later in the book of Revelation, it talks about the second death. The second death, it says, and and they were thrown into the lake of fire. 
This is the second death. You'll never enter into the lake of fire. You'll be conquerors. How do you conquer? You want to conquer. Uh, you conquer by dying ahead of time, giving your life to Jesus Christ. Waters of baptism signifies it by dead, buried, and resurrected to live in newness of life. You become a Christian. You give your life to Christ. And you'll never be touched by the second death. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. I would invite you, if you don't know this, when you go home, to just Google up this. Polycarp, P-O-L-Y, of Smyrna. You see, after uh, this time, uh, another pastor, after John, John founded these churches, it's believed, there became what's called the Bishop of Smyrna, the head pastor, and he was 86 years old. And uh, he was told that you either recant and say only Caesar's Lord, or we're going to burn you at the stake. And uh, actually, and some believe this is where the 10 days comes in. I, I certainly wouldn't die for this. The Roman soldiers admired this 86-year-old man. You see, Roman soldiers, it, soldiers admire somebody who's going to be faithful, lives up for what they believe. And they gave him 10 days to recant. He said, no, I won't do it. And they said, well, give you 10 days. Think it over. Just, just don't mean it in your heart, but just do it. Honor your age, they said. And this is what he said. Eighty and six years, I have served my, uh, eighty and six years, he has taken care of me. How could I blaspheme my king and savior? He's, in eighty and six years, he's done me no harm. How? then could I blaspheme my king and savior? And they burned him at the stake. You can read all about it. But then, in 320 B.C., maybe about 200 years from now, in that same area of the world of Turkey, in the area that's Armenia today, a town called Sebasti, you can Google up the 40 martyrs of Sebastian. There were Roman soldiers coming to Christ because of people like Polycarp. And the uh, emperor, the Caesar Licentius, said, I, I don't want any Christians in my army. Root them out. So they made them all swear allegiance to Caesar. Forty of them wouldn't do it. It was winter time, And so they, mar they took all their clothes off, marched them out onto a frozen lake to freeze to death, and built big bonfires on the shore with big tubs of hot water, <laughs> like a hot tub, and said, if you will deny Christ and come back, you can warm yourself up, All's forgiven. You can go on. And all night long, those 40 soldiers of Sebastian were singing songs to their king. But late at night, one 
came over to the bonfire to get in the hot tub. And when he did, the guard took his clothes off, marched out, and started singing to bring it back up to 40. And they're called the 40 Martyrs of Sebastian. That probably will not be required of us. But in Romans chapter 12, Paul says, in light of God's mercy and all he's done for us, saving us and so forth, um, why don't you present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of service. Do you know what I've come to realize? Maybe you've had the same thought. Would I be a martyr or would I come back to the bonfire and deny Christ? I think the way you know that is, will I die daily? Will I be a martyr today for Jesus, for whatever comes my way? Will I die, take up my cross daily and follow him? And if I don't, I doubt that I would pass that type of a test. But maybe if I had a lifetime of daily sacrificing myself for the cause in faithfulness to Jesus, then it would be, I would be the type of person that would stay out there and sing and die with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I submit to you, and this is easy to say, I think I, if given the choice, Craig, you can become a member of the poor but rich spiritual church, or you can become a member of the church of Laodicea that's rich in earthly treasures, but very poverty-stricken spiritually, I'd say, well, sign me up with Smyrna. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, easy to say, hard to do. I pray, though, that we would desire that your spirit would have worked in our hearts as we listen to this passage of scripture, this ancient letter, that you spoke by your spirit to our hearts, that you desire us to love you and to be faithful to you no matter what the cost, and we can trust you even through the valley of the shadow of death. I pray that we would die daily, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Okay, uh, we're going to have a time of invitation. Yes, you can stand. just like to take a minute and uh, let you know. Uh, Craig has given us a lot of stuff to ponder here today. And I take notes, especially if I'm going to be doing an invitation. I, I try to take copious amounts of notes uh, to coincide with what he has brought out of God's Word uh, to bless us with. And, to glorify God with and he gave me way too much I don't know (laughs) I don't know where to begin but uh, there are some key things I know some of us um, a lot of us here today are are longtime believers I I can't see everybody very well because of these glasses they're there for this distance but uh, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior this would be a good time for you to come forward and uh, receive him in that manner.
and be baptized. Uh, we want to let you know that we are open to that. We believe in uh, immersion and being baptized uh, that way. Um, I also know that you know human nature being what it is and the times that we're in and everything, there are many people right now that are stressed out, that are having, uh, I've witnessed so much panic uh, sometimes because mainly of confusion and a lack of peace. And uh, we, have, we have in Christ somebody who gives us peace. Um, he knows everything about us. His ways are not our ways. He's using, I think, in a lot of people, the times we're in right now, to grow those people and to draw them closer to him, which may not make any sense at all to us. But if you have a situation that you need prayer for or anything like that, please, now is the time to come forward. We just welcome you right down here in front. Uh, we will have somebody come and pray with you. We can pray with you afterwards in one of the classrooms. Uh, if there's anything, you know, you can tap me on the shoulder or, uh, or Scott or Craig. be more than happy to uh, spend some time with you in prayer. So please consider that. Uh, we will be praying for all of us anyway, I hope, right? Uh, we're in a time of a bit of a struggle. But I see light at the end of the tunnel, as always. And uh, I'm excited about it. And I see healing. I see all kinds of things going on. And people are opening their eyes to the reality of the situation and, and getting their focus back on God. And I think that's a wonderful blessing. So... Let's go ahead and sing this song. This is, uh, the song is titled King of Kings. Yes, King of Kings.